you're a bad man. And this thing, the wire, he feeds on them and he's hungry. He's hungrier than he's been years, and that's why I'm shaking. Because right now, the only thing standing between you and the rider is me. And he's just... He's, he's scraping at the door! Scraping at the door! Who am I if you don't tell me what I want to know? I'm going to let him out. And when he's done with you, there won't be anything left. Do you understand? Do you understand? Shake your head yes or no. Let me ask you a question. Well, first, let me make a statement. Did you hear that? Was that, that a was that a leopard? <laughs> no, it was more of a black oh, cat. It. Guess again. A tabby. It was the sound of the spirit of vengeance speeding towards you on a flaming motorcycle. That's right. We're back. <laughs> the show is actually starting. Johnny Blaze, baby. <laughs> Heat seeking panther. Um, we have a cub returning to the den, um, calling in from Portland, Oregon. Max Busman back to talk about Ghost Rider. I'm so glad you came back. There's something really beautiful about the symmetry of having a guest on for the sequel. This is the only Cage well. sequel, I think, in his filmography, too. He's never... National pre- Treasure. Oh, you're right. You're right. But I think those are the only two. Yeah. Did, the, did he make a stolen two? That, <laughs> not not that's, yet. That's one oh, shit. Like. He's making the Croods two, though. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's not only we're getting... <laughs> Dude, as if doing Weren't one crew. Several bad lieutenants. Well, he wasn't in the first bad lieutenant. That was oh, that was Harvey okay. Keitel. But we're back, um, Max. You were saying that um, you don't really you, you don't really remember watching this film, though you did watch it. Oh yes, definitely watched it. I watched it with Erica, and I really should have taken a picture of both of our faces while we were watching it because we were both kind of silent throughout the whole film with this sort of stupid look on our faces of just like what what are what are we watching right now it uh i think at at a certain point toward the end my brain actually rage quit (laughs) and i was still looking at the screen (laughs) and i would hear the sounds but it was like charlie brown almost or it's like (laughs) i wouldn't call it okay that's that's happening now I wouldn't call my experience rage quitting, but my brain did shut down at a certain point toward the end. I, I, my brain shut down early on and then I, I actually very much enjoyed this movie. I I think my, my brain was like, this is what, uh, this is the actual response that the filmmakers are looking for. Yeah. I will say in comparison to what had happened before with the first one, this one was a slam dunk. Yeah. I, I don't know how you feel, Max, but like, I uh, I mean the I think we all agree that the first one was just an awful piece of uh, cinema that uh, pro- probably shouldn't exist. Like they should probably just strike it from human history because it it it's of value to nobody. But this one, I actually felt I I felt felt like they achieved something. I don't know what it was, but they achieved something. See, I almost felt like this one made less sense than the first one. I was thinking about it earlier today and I was thinking that this almost didn't feel like the second movie. It felt like it was the sixth or seventh <laughs> Ghost Rider yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All the other ones have been erased and we just hit the ground running and nothing was explained and like, oh, okay, he's so he's not with that gal anymore. I guess it didn't work out them, you know, 
trying to fight the curse together. And now he's in Eastern Europe. And <laughs> there, there was just so much missing that they were like, don't worry, you'll get it. Like, it, it makes sense. Well, on. the it thing never quite did. Well, no, but that's what I liked about it is essentially they completely disregarded all the events of the first one, but they didn't try to explain them away. You know, I feel like if a superhero movie comes out now and there's some kind of like weird actor switch or something about the canon that they have to like go back on, they'll find some like dumb pseudoscience way to explain it. But they didn't even waste time with this one. They gave you the one piece of backstory you needed to know in like a 10 second like animated right. comic book he flashback. made the deal johnny right. blaze made the deal with the devil and now he's the ghost rider and that's it and then the rest of it is completely unconnected to the first movie there wasn't even mention of him being like an evil knievel like trick no. bike stunt man or no. any, anything he didn't anything. even really ride his motorcycle that much he like no, instead he rode a like a giant crane <laughs> <laughs> or like a wrecking ball it, in the construction well, it, site. It was actually a giant circular saw type machine. Yeah, that's I, what it was. You're right. You're right. But no, I, I the the complete disregard for the first movie was actually a big plus for me I because agree. the first movie was garbage. I 100 like, percent agree. Like I uh, I like that uh, we basically reset. Do you, do you guys want a little backstory on on the creation and impetus for this movie? Please. It couldn't hurt. Okay. It certainly couldn't hurt. So picture this. Nicolas Cage is in Europe on the press junket for the first movie. And uh, he's wearing his, he's basically wearing the Ghost Rider costume minus the flaming skull head. Like he's, he's dressed in like motorcycle out, his motorcycle outfit. He goes to Westminster Abbey to look at all the famous people. That's what he said. He is one of them. He is. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> that. That seems such a weird exercise. <laughs> yeah, he brought a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. You would think that he gets enough, like looking at other famous people, but no, he, he went to Westminster Abbey in his motorcycle jacket, in his like chaps or whatever. And uh, w- while he was there, there was an environmental summit going on. And uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury was there. This is already so weird. The Pope was there. And uh, a bishop from Denver, like, saw him and was like, oh, Nicolas Cage. Like, <laughs> and he's like, Nicolas Cage, would you like to be introduced to the Archbishop of Canterbury and et cetera, et cetera? And he's like, yeah. And, and so Cage's thought naturally is, you know what? Because he, he's he's feeling like he's th- there are all these b- religious people who are dressed uh, for this environmental summit, and he's dressed in motorcycle clothes. And his thought is, actually, Ghost Rider has a right to be here. This is a direct quote. He is he is a right to be here from the other side. So like you know the <laughs> the men of God are meeting about the environmental summit, and uh, you know why not have uh, a, a man of Satan. Uh, there too and so he's having that thought Equal representation yeah, exactly wait is he like method is he like in character no he's not oh, okay. he, he's he's not he's just but he he's like uh, thinking about it and he says that uh the bishop leans over to him and says oh by the way i can be naughty too and that whoa <laughs> and that he just left the anecdote there and and that is the the impetus for this is that the that ghostwriter could be in league with the church 
presumably the bishop from Denver who uh, who whispered in his ear about being naughty is <laughs> the inspiration for the uh, Idris Elba character. Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> anyway, it, it and then he says it took a while to get a script together that uh, he liked, but they, they did it. I like that Cage signed off on this script that is like a non-script. No, well, I mean, not only yeah. uh, uh, not only did he sign off on it. I mean, yeah, he signed off on it, but it was like this. It's another one that's coming from this is like the Sorcerer's Apprentice also came from his bizarre idea and that he's powerful enough now, like, cause it, it plays against, I think the like narrative that I, we were going into this part of his career with. Uh, and I think that a lot of people think about Nick Cage in the late aughts as like, you know, okay, he bought too many pyramids and castles and things. And now, now he's in debt and he has to make these movies. It's wild to me that these are actually his passion projects. Like it's very bizarre. He, he really believes in these movies. He believes in ghost writer. He, he he loves ghost writer, but that it's baffling to me. Like even now in the days of like the MCU, it's crazy to me that anyone would look at ghost writer and be like, yeah, that's a hero. <laughs> I mean, I guess they do with the Punisher that he's pretty hard to justify. Yeah, but the, but the Punisher has something. The Punisher like speaks to like flat brim capped like monster energy drink like MMA fighter dudes. Like I feel like Ghost Rider presumably would speak to like, you know, Sturgis like biker guys. But I don't think I don't think it ever landed like that. They're, they're not all showing up for the premiere. No, well, no, with I mean, their like flaming. The Archbishop of Canterbury is famously a huge Ghost Rider fan. Dude, yeah. I I hope the past. I remember reading that. <laughs> he, Bishop of Canterbury wearing like a leather jacket. Yeah, yeah, he's like, ooh, a chance to be naughty. <laughs> Go yeah. see my favorite. Can be naughty too, <laughs> and bishops. They can. Other Catholic positions of authority. I don't know all of this, but yeah, yeah famously Catholic priests can be naughty. <laughs> there's there's plenty of proof um so do we want to try to plow through this plot yeah well, well let's yeah i mean possible well, well where we laugh where we last left johnny blaze uh he where did we last leave him i mean there were he it does but he but it doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter. It, it actually doesn't, it doesn't so there, there was moved, something with a town sam elliott was the original ghost writer peter fonda was the original was the devil, devil. who is not the devil in this movie no kieran hines is the devil um i prefer kieran hines i, I mean, agree with you it's it's got less camp value but uh he he really milks it yeah, yeah. he was he was a convincing if not good devil yeah. i don't know if good devil is a thing you can say but <laughs> i think it he was really the... seemed like yeah it just abandoned everything from the end of the last one because it was like he's gonna stick with the gal they're gonna work it out and She's going to learn to love him with the curse. And then he's going to go take on the devil. And then this one, he's like, no, I can't, I can't have this curse anywhere near me in life. Right. Yeah. Ooh, this what? one, what th was her name? Yeah. never mind. <laughs> this one starts eight years later and, and it doesn't really say what happened in the interim. Well, <laughs> I mean, he did between the first movie and this movie, he fell off the wagon. Like he started drinking. Cause you remember in the first one, yeah. he, he drank martini glasses full of jelly beans. And in this one, he drinks, uh, some sort of terrible liquor that uh, makes Idris Elba upset when he drinks it. So, um, and, and a lot of water in one particular scene. Oh yeah. He drinks water by the pitcher full. I like that idea that Johnny blaze gets so like parched from being ghost. Rider yeah. Like his he, head yeah. is just getting so hot. <laughs> he has to like cool it down. <laughs> 
Um, well, he's Johnny Blaze. He's a cotton mouth. Uh, he, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that, that was a low, a low blow. No, that no, that's canon. Actually, thank you. So yeah, the plot of this, we meet, we, we meet up with Johnny blaze again. He's in, uh, Eastern Europe. Just, he happens to be in a place where, um, it's just extremely cheap to film. It's also uh, like, I don't know. I was going to say something about how Weston cage, uh, is like constantly filming in Eastern Europe now, but I I don't really have a good tie in. I just like that. They're, (laughs) they're both over there doing, doing work. And uh, there's this weird bullshit plot that about um, the son of the devil. So what's this actress's name? Uh, Violente Placido had sex with Kieran Hines, the devil. They don't really go into this, but for some reason she, she had the devil's baby. And now the devil wants his son back. He's going to use a ritual to like put himself because the body he's in is getting old. Right. Kieran Hines' yeah. body his, is getting old. His body looks like Kieran Hines. And, <laughs> and, 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 and he wants his body to look like a young 13-year-old boy. So there's like some weird ritual he can do that will put his... That that will like put his soul, I guess, into the boy's body. Yeah, it involves a uh, kind of interpretive dance and swaying. It's like they that scene is. I encourage people to look it up on YouTube if you want to, but it is a truly bizarre scene. <laughs> and so it's a bizarre artifact from a bizarre piece of cinema. But yeah, so he wants uh, he, he wants the boy so he can do this weird ritual with him and and put he put his body inside of this, this 13 year old kid with like a ski slope haircut. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, is it Idris or Idris Elba? I don't. Yeah. Black James Bond uh, (laughs) plays bizarrely plays a French priest, I believe. Not just a priest, but this is something I like that I'm kind of a sucker for in these movies having to do with like ancient religious cults and stuff. Yeah is where they have like a Van Helsing situation where through the generations, this chosen group of like warriors and spiritual men have been tasked with like keeping some kind of evil at bay yes. through the generations. I, I like that trope I'm, too. I'm, I'm about that. Wait, was he part of it or was um, the, that cult that he brought him to or was he friends with the cult? I, I, I think they were separate cults, but they were working together. Right. To keep this from happening. Like they both had some secret knowledge about the devil's ritual for some reason. So they like teamed up. Idris Elba is a French priest and he loves wine. Presumably he loves baguettes and riding around on a bicycle and stripy shirts. Honestly, too. I'm, I'm yeah. down with, uh, with uh, right. Idris Elba having a, having a weird French accent. Yeah. You liked it. Yeah. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was cool. I thought he did a fun job with it. He was really fun yeah. to watch. They they should have just I found the contacts a little distracting. Though. Yeah, he, yeah, he has blue contact I lenses. He was a vampire at first. Yeah, no, he's just a weird guy. <laughs> 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 they should have gone full French though, like just a complete. He should have had. He has that, a beret and like a black and white striped shirt. Mime makeup. <laughs> ah, wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> 
but I mean, very tiny mustache. (laughs) But that's basically like most of his character is just like a broad accent and he loves wine. He literally, he carries a jug of wine with him all the time into battle. And it's like Carlo Rossi status. (laughs) It's a giant jug of wine that he just keeps in his bag. And I love they go to visit, they go to visit this, this cult or this religious sect. He basically says to Johnny blaze, like, uh, if you help me save this kid and bring him to this religious sect, then uh, we'll take your powers away. And like you pointed out, Max, like he does for some reason now he doesn't want his powers again and he's he's all gung-ho about it. And so they go to this religious sect um, and the the main dude there is the guy who played Raiden in Mortal Kombat. Wait, is that is that yeah. where he's from? He's also Highlander. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't. Because I recognize the actor, but I couldn't yeah. remember from where. Christopher Lambert. Okay. Um, he's got, he's bald and he has face head tattoos all over. He looks pretty awesome, I think. He looks like a Mortal Kombat character, He looks like Raiden. <laughs> and, uh, and I just love that we, they go there and it's all these monks and priests who, who live in this the series of caves and in within the caves, there's all these holes in the wall that are just filled with different wines. And Idris Elba is just like taking them out. He's like, Oh, this one is 5,000 years old and like uncorking them and drinking them and throwing them and stuff. It was, it was fun. So those are, that's the big like plot mechanics. Um, the other element is that the devil has hired some fucking dude to get the kid, he gets killed and then resurrected as the Marvel character Blackout, I believe his name is. Which apparently they didn't use anything except his physical, dis- aspects of his physical design. Oh. Like, like nothing about his origin story or powers or anything were co- come from the comics. Just his name and like wow. his... The, just the IP basically. Yeah. This is, this is really like pre MCU when they were like, no one cares about that. Didn't. Well, the thing is it wasn't, it was <laughs> square. Yeah. Well, but, Cause this, but this came out in 2011, which is like squarely in the middle of the ramp up of the MCU. Yeah. So they already knew there was already a captain America. I think there was already a Thor. Really? So, yeah. Oh, okay. And they were like, re- they were like hyping the new Avengers movie that came out in 2012. Wow. So they knew that they were going to make it like a thing. So that, that, that's, that's also the other funny thing about this movie is it clearly screams cash grab. Yeah. Because yeah. they were like, oh shit, like Marvel's doing this thing with all their superheroes that's like changing the game. And we have this, this property is going to revert back to them like really soon. Right. This is Sony. Yeah. Sony owns uh, Ghost Rider at this point. So this movie just feels as like straight up to the like ignoring everything <laughs> that happened in the first film. Like right. this just seems like a, a, a cash grab because they they just wanted to put something out before they lost the rights. Yeah. I, I mean everything, I mean the shooting in, in Romania or wherever they were, all of it just, it just feels sort of like that. And, and yeah, and I just, I do think that like, you know, this idea of taking the just sort of superficial elements of a Marvel character and completely disregarding any of the actual characterization or origin story or whatever feels like the way that they kind of used to make superhero movies where it was just like people who actually weren't into comics and they were just like, oh, yeah, whatever, here you go. You want this thing? You got this thing. What? Are you, you're happy with it. And now like... Yeah. Look, his head's on fire. That's the guy. Right. That's the guy you want. Pop culture now is dominated by nerds who are like, um, no, that is not canon. Like, you know, they, they would be upset about that if a Marvel movie did that now. So 
Um, yeah, it feels There's like... There's much more reverence now with all of the wonderful properties, especially. It yeah. seems so silly. I know. I, like, I would argue too much reverence, but yeah, uh, I also... It's, they're, they're not for me. That's not, that's not where I geek out. Yeah, I mean, we pretty much covered it. Blackout, he's, he's in there. He's, uh, so that's the episode. <laughs> All right, thank, uh, thanks a lot, Max. Uh, come yeah, on for Ghost Rider 3. <laughs> uh, Child of Vengeance. Honestly, Drive Angry, I feel like, is a Ghost Rider 2, and this is Ghost Rider 3. Yeah, maybe. Well, I will argue Drive Angry is a more fun movie than, than this one, than this one uh, and definitely better than the first one. Yes. Uh, I, I like to see it as like an unofficial trilogy. I mean, I think they're at least aiming for the they're they're aiming at the same audiences. I think part of what doesn't work about this movie is so I guess when they were part of the idea was like I don't think Cage was happy with the first Ghostwriter and uh was anyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I wasn't. I don't. Th- I don't think anybody was happy with the first Ghost Rider, and he wanted his conception of the character fit into more of like a hard R movie, and so that they they had this whole idea of like making a dark, brooding kind of violent Ghost Rider movie, and somewhere along the way either the directors or Sony got cold feet with that and they reverted back to a PG-13 thing. So this, you know, it, it feels like that. It, it's Whereas like Drive Angry just went R happily. But I feel like, I think I liked this movie more than you two guys. I, I it, This is directed by um, Mark Nevaldine and Brian Taylor who did the two Crank movies. Yeah, and it's crank, sh- crank rules. I haven't seen the other one, but the it's, first one it's is good. awesome. Yeah, they're both fun, and and this feels like as close to like a Nicolas Cage starring Crank. There's that scene where he's like, it's like he's like jonesing for a soul. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. Pushes that guy up against the wall and like shoves his phone in his mouth, and he's like. He's like this thing in me. He's scratching at the door, and then and then he. Well, it, seems, it seems like they gave him a lot of license to just kind of cage out at those parts. Absolutely, transitions into Ghost Rider, and that that scene I thought maybe was one of the better ones in the film, where he's you can tell he's struggling with it. It at least registered on that level for me. Oh yeah, that was my favorite. It's e- maybe my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, it's easily the most fun scene of the movie because it it actually approaches the like crank uh, level of insanity. And right after that, I think he gets, there's this whole sequence of him riding on his motorcycle and it's just shot like looking directly at his face and he keeps like kind of half transforming into a skull. He's just bugging out and it's, it's really fun. It looks like a music video. And I just, I mean, that's kind of their whole thing is like everything looks like a music video slash Mountain Dew commercial. And it, it's like, I, I don't know. I'm here for it. I like it. I just got to say this. That was one of the things, and it makes sense now that you say that the director from Crank was involved, but I found the cinematography in this movie disorienting. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's, was, it was hard to watch at times because they just kept spinning around things or shaking the camera. There were moments where we were watching it and Erica would look at me and say, why is the camera shaking? <laughs> why, why is it doing that? They're just sitting in the car talking and it's bouncing around like crazy. The road's not bumpy, but... Would it surprise you to learn that uh, Neville Dean Taylor described their directing style as punk rock? 
it wouldn't, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. I was watching a lot of like press junket interviews and uh, they, um, that's, that's how they, uh, they describe it. And I, I do want, I want to point out though that like, Brian Taylor. Uh, this is the last movie that Neville Dean Taylor made together. I think this kind of fucked it up for them. Like, I, I mean, this movie was. Did it cause their breakup? They're probably still friends. Yeah. But uh, I think th- them as like a hot directing property, I think th- they shot their wad with this, which is unfortunate because, like, because I, I like the kind of like more is more thing that they have going on when it's applied to the right project and like applying it to I mean Nicolas Cage turning into a demon movie like that could have worked it's I don't know I don't know what exactly went wrong here I mean clearly a lot of things went didn't go right at least but like I it just made me actually I just made me wish that Nicolas Cage had starred in Crank honestly I just think (laughs) I think that that they that the three of them really have something together Maybe this Do is you a, think Jason Statham would have made a better Ghost Rider, though? Actually, yeah. Who would make a good Ghost Rider? That's a... I don't know. That's a, actually a much harder question to answer than I it mean, sounds. It's... Yeah. I, I think uh, there's a... Th- again, I'm not a superhero movie person, but it seems like it's a, a tricky thing when the... Once the character becomes the superhero version of themselves, like they're basically CGI. I feel like that's like a hard sell. Um, harder than like... Iron Man or Thor or well, something like that. Well, and especially when they don't talk. Yeah, like that's the why they keep fucking theme, up Hulk movies. Yeah, well, I don't know if that's the reason. But um, <laughs> yeah, you're right with the whole Hulk thing because at least if it's Spider-Man or Iron Man, they have the banter, they can talk still, right. even when they're in costume. But when it's Ghost Rider, all he's doing is just going like, I want soul. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, there, there's Hungry. nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. There's there's like nothing to connect to there as like a character. Um, Did Nick Cage do the VO for the, the yes. PG Ghost Rider? I mean, or? it was heavily okay. it was heavily treated, but it, it is his voice. Yeah. Okay. So here run I'm, through similar filters as in the previous one. With I'm, all the bike sounds. And <laughs> and I mean, yes, <laughs> probably. But I will say, I think that overall the design of the redesign of Ghost Rider and his chopper in this movie are like way they Dude, they highly improved. They were badass. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, they I, were cool. Like well, the first time you see the transform biked where it's like molten lava. Yeah. And like like uh that was it was cool. And I, I like that. I like that uh Ghost Rider his skull is now like black. It looks less like a I don't know, like a something from doom <laughs> and and it, yeah. it it looks it just looks cool and his like motorcycle outfit is all like burned up and like f- the leather's all flaking off that i thought that was a good choice but we also learned that any vehicle he drives whether yes. it's a bike or not becomes imbued with the powers of the ghost rider so Which... the the big uh construction or mining equipment he's driving in the one scene i I sincerely hoped that I was going to turn into a giant motorcycle. He was going to drive it away. That was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Well, and but he, he is, uh, he's driving the truck at one point, but then is he still ghost rider or is he just ghost driver at that? point? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Great man. question. Oh, uh, my Uber is here. <laughs> ghost driver. <laughs> well, um, but that, but that was the answer to a question I asked in the previous episode. Yeah. 
which I was wondering, and well, they ha- thankfully they addressed it, is yes, you can transform any vehicle you're in into a ghost rider. And they have baby Lucifer like m- make the, he asks that question in this movie, which I really enjoyed. He, he asks him, what if you ride in a taxi? <laughs> Great question. Um, ghost driver. Go, or a, could he be ghost passenger? Could you just, could he get in the back? and <laughs> Stop backseat ride. ghost driver. Yeah, if he's like on the subway, he's a ghost rider. Yeah. The, the, also, he also asks about a roller coaster, which is a great question. He gets on like a 747 passenger jet. <laughs> His and his last example is a camel. Says <laughs> one of you, right? A camel. Yeah. Well, because yeah, remember in the last one, Sam Elliott, like his horse, his horse turns, turns yeah. into a ghost, right? A, yeah, a horse. Amazing. That's a, that's pretty cool. That that's the same scene where the kid asks him about like if he pisses fire, and he's like, yeah, it's like a it's like a flamethrower and then there's like a fantasy or not even a fantasy sequence we just see ghost rider in a void just like pissing fire and he turns around and like smiles at the camera honestly that was kind of hilarious and that's that's like what they should have leaned into because that to me is like the neville dean taylor touch and that's like the level of like just dumb shit lunacy that i wanted from the this street movie. the stream is just like a flamethrower it's he's so just going back he's like going back Back and forth with it <laughs> like you know that well and it even gets a callback later too in the movie yeah the well, kid's I, talking to the devil and he's too busy thinking about ghost rider pee yeah <laughs> yeah yeah he loves thinking about that i honestly just, that is like the apex of 13 year old boy humor though it is and it's awesome yeah. like if you like that's if i was 13 and i went to see this movie that's what i would have wanted and that's what i what i would have remembered i would have been like baby lucifer just thinking about ghost rider peeing and looking at me <laughs> i'm thinking about it right now Okay, I'm trying to I'm trying to segue into uh, another a thing a hallmark of this movie something that worked to a greater degree than the other movie, um, and I something that Cage himself was really hung up on. Which in the first movie he played Johnny Blaze, but he didn't play Ghost Rider. Like once he transformed into the skull, it's another actor. And in the interviews I watched with him, he's he's. Uh, what do I want to say? He's not butthurt about it, but he's like, he takes a lot of pride in his Ghost Rider performance. And he's like, if you watch the original one, you can tell it's not me. <laughs> this is where like the method acting. Honestly, he was, he was better. Yeah. Like I, I saw with my own two eyes. And this I was a better Ghost Rider than in the first one. And I watched, I watched it and the way that he moved. And I was like, this seems like Cage was the original Cage. Cause I didn't have that thought. And then like that, cause he, he, so let me talk about his method a little bit. He um he would show up to se- he painted his face like uh Baron Samiti from uh James Bond and basically New Orleans Afro-Caribbean lore and uh so he looked like a skull and uh he wore black contact lenses and if you look online you can find footage of him him doing this and I recommend it cuz it's pretty funny he wouldn't speak to anybody like he was just in character. This goes back to a a sort of running theme with sort of where his acting is, is going in this period of his uh, career where he's, he truly believes that acting is magic. Like this is back to Sorcerer's Apprentice and, and all of this shit. Like he believes that 
if he does it correctly, and he, I think he believes that he did do it correctly, he is actually channeling a spirit from another dimension. He says, I was doing something from out of our reference point. I was projecting an entity from another dimension entirely. He says, he talks about how medicine men and shamans were the first actors, the original actors, that they were channeling spirits. And, and so that's what he's doing here. Part, part of that performance is him uh, moving like Cobra. He, he like looked to Cobras and the way, he, he, the way they move back and forth and make like really fast like strikes and movements. And um, also mentioned that they have occult eyes on their backs. I don't know how that went into the performance, but it's, he, he wanted to note it. So I'm noting it here. First of all, that's funny and awesome, and uh, that it worked for me. I thought it was oh, cool. 100%, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm thinking specifically of that big fight in at the mine or what, wherever they were, where he he's like in the air on his side and like spinning around. Do you guys remember this? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then he like flies at a dude and like kind of like Cobra strikes him. It was cool. It was cool. I remember they the bad guys would not stop shooting him even though it clearly was not working. Oh yeah, that guy like shot a, a semi-automatic he into his... Rocket. Right, they shot him with a rocket. But they shot that like gun into his mouth and then he just barfed up a bunch of like molten lead. That was lead. tight, yeah. <laughs> I, was, oh, I took a video yeah. of that. I'll post it on the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, it's dope. I guess while we're talking about Cage's uh, method... Cage has a lot of respect for uh, Neville Dean Taylor. Is that what their name is? I keep forgetting. Yeah. He says that uh, they're not just like directors, but they're like stunt men. Mark Neville Dean, I guess, likes to direct wearing rollerblades. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and he describes him like in at one point, like hanging off of the the side of a motorcycle with one hand and then with his other hand he's got a video camera and or a camera and uh he's wearing rollerblades and just like speeding along and i have to say that's awesome it's cool <laughs> i like it i wonder if oh he goes- called i'm sorry he calls them poetic daredevils that's, that's what he calls them that's like that's kind of that is a poetic way to say that yeah i think i wonder if a ghost rider could make turn rollerblades into into oh definitely yeah. easily or or just, or just like a bicycle like what yeah. about Ghost Rider on a penny farthing? <laughs> yeah, unicycle. That's what I want to see. A what? A unicycle? A unicycle. That's so yeah. good, <laughs> dude. I have so many good ideas for Ghost Rider three, and you'll never see them. No, not not with this crew. It's a, it's a shame. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were they were on motor. They were they were on rollerblades. They were uh, oh they put. And I guess Cage really respected that. Like, that's a good way to, like, earn his respect. And because they were doing that, he didn't want to seem less macho than them. So he he let them, like, wire him up so he could fly around. He says they shot him out of a cannon. I'm not sure what scene that was. but uh, Or why did you even do that? <laughs> for art, Miles. <laughs> yeah, they just did. It, it wasn't, wasn't for the movie. Camera. Yeah. <laughs> to prove his loyalty. Yeah, exactly. It was a test. Um, well, do you know if Cage was doing any of the, I have to assume not, um, but was he doing any of the motorcycle stunt work? Because it was very, I mean, there's the scene where he's uh, got the, the devil kid and 
he's like, hey, want to have some fun? And he's out there doing wheelies and right. stoppies and things with the kid on the front of the handlebars or the motorcycle. No helmet, by the way. Yeah, no. And um, supposed to be helping. And <laughs> I get Johnny Blaze's, you know, motorcycle uh, expert. Yeah. But at the same time, it the way it was shot, it's sort of a low angle coming from behind the bike, and there it's it's uh, backlit. Or, you know, the sun is out in front of the bike, so we're getting mostly a silhouette of that. So I, I have to assume it wasn't Keith. I know he, he did. I don't know. He might have gone for it. He did some of them. He, he, I know he, because he likes motorcycles, I know he, he did some of his own riding. And I don't know what degree of stunts, but yeah, I, I think that was like the atmosphere. I think people were trying to like out out macho each other so i heard the archbishop of canterbury was actually uh, one of the stuntmen <laughs> yeah, on the yeah. Movie. <laughs> i i heard that he gets fucking naughty on a bike he's an extra in one of the <laughs> okay so i have some other like weird silly tidbits but before i get to that like um what are what's some other memorable stuff from this movie because we we did a, a big overview of the plot but there's definitely things that happened that are are maybe worth bringing up yeah, uh, they well, I, shoot a missile at him. Yeah, uh, thinking that that is what's going to finally kill him. Didn't work. That was that was cool. That was. Cool. I like the idea of just shooting a giant rocket at like a person on a motorcycle. Yeah, honestly, that and that whole was that in the the mining. Yeah, that was yeah. in the that whole fight scene where the blackout dot guy gets uh, killed. I thought that was, uh, was pretty fun. I give it eight out of ten flaming skulls. Well, it was interesting that they, they keep shooting him just over and over. They're like, eventually it's got to work. It's got to work. We're wearing him down. He looks tired now. But they just, you know, there's no progress, but they keep going with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't really know what other, like, cards they have to play. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they just have a lot of ammo. They have guns. That's really, yeah, that's about it. And well, uh, on, a, on a larger note, I got to say, no one in this movie, much like in the last one, but I feel like in the last one they they tried to at least achieve this a little more, but no one reacts the way that I would react or that I'd imagine most <laughs> normal people would react seeing a, a ghost rider. How, like that, how, you know, how would you react? Some combination of shitting myself and getting out of wherever I was just leaving quickly, um, would, would probably be what I'd go for. I mean, of just like, oh my God, that's some kind of demon thing. It's time to leave. We need to go. These guys are professional. there and be like, whoa, what's up with that guy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, these are hardened Eastern European criminals with American accents that yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure somebody there shit themselves, but uh, they also just like fired every bullet that they had into him. Well, and I, I did not understand the first time he comes out as the ghost rider and he just grabs that one guy and he basically just stands there and yells in his face for <laughs> a minute. I thought He's he was like, like Yeah, that was that was him trying to keep it together so that he doesn't transform into the ghost rider. I right? Uh, I thought Oh no, this was he was already He was already the rider. Oh, but oh. I, I thought He's that got the one guy grabbed. Well he has that power where he like sees into your soul the and he like stare. Yeah the penance stare which is what I thought he was doing at a couple points in this movie, but it doesn't seem like he actually used it. No, he didn't like, use the penance there. He just ate people's souls. Right. Like, again, no consistency between the first no. film and this one in terms of his abilities. Something that he did use a lot was his cool chains, which I also liked. He, he's, like, cutting people in half yeah. with the chains. The We're, chain work in this, in this <laughs> sequel was, <laughs> yeah. was improved. off the charts. Yeah, it was off the chain. Yeah. 
did you guys notice how Ghost Rider in this movie makes the uh, sound kind of like a velociraptor or something before he shows up? Like, yeah, there's a yeah, like you hear him coming. Yeah, there was like a there was like a vocal cue, like yeah. a sound cue. Yeah, <laughs> I also like um, at the end when they when they're about to do the ritual and they start to set up in that amphitheater and then they have uh people from around the world that have come yeah, to the, see the ritual. I guess we're supposed to assume it's like an Illuminati yeah, type situation where there's just people all over the world and secret societies that are have something to gain it, from Satan taking human form. It was a very diverse group. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> people and then, of all ages and races. <laughs> and then you look out, they, they do a shot from the stage of the amphitheater out to the audience, and it's like huge there's like hundreds of people in just black robes right that was cool to realize that there's like a worldwide secret like illuminati satanic cult what was the invite for that isn't there though (laughs) yeah no it's basically just bohemian grove they're just like (laughs) no (laughs) no but like seriously like what what was the invitation like what it did was there like an email thread (laughs) you know like how 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 did those invite invite. (laughs) a save the date Facebook in private Facebook event invite. Let us know how many people are coming because we need to know how many robes we need. We also need to know who wants the vegetarian option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, um, getting to the abandoned amphitheater in Romania is actually pretty tricky. So we're going to be carpooling. So uh, please, please limit shuttle. your yeah, yeah, the yeah, the shuttle. shuttle and- Picture that party bus like coming up to the amphitheater. Everyone's stoked to see the devil do an interpretive dance and turn into a little boy. Well, <laughs> well that's the thing, too, is I would expect more of, of a party situation. Like everyone was serious. Very 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 somber yeah you would think the satanists would have more fun yeah, to be right? honest like you're about to see your dark lord take possession yeah. of a new body and usher in some sort of vague ambiguous end of days turn like, up yeah party rockers in the house well, tonight let's go hey if bishops can be naughty then satanists can be serious right <laughs> this all goes back to equal representation yeah definitely <laughs> they're actually just showing uh, the, the duality of man yeah <laughs> And just fighting against stereotypes and showing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just don't don't judge them uh, just because they uh, hail they they worship Satan. I would like to say this is the second movie we've watched in a row where a child purposefully crashes a car to escape uh, their captors. Oh, that's true. Yeah, good move. It works. It works. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. Remember when. Idris Elba, God, I I know none of us know how you say it, but it's just driving me nuts. All right. We should all pick a different one. Okay. Uh, Odris, Mr. Elba. Uh, Odris Elba. Um, <laughs> he, 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 t- he takes, uh, the, they go to the monk hideout, and then uh, he explains to Johnny Blaze, the ghostwriter was an angel of justice named Zardos. That's a Sean Connery. That's a Sean Connery, Connery movie. Right? movie. No, I rewound it to make sure, but the angel's name is Zardos. And he was sent to Earth to protect men. And he was tricked and taken to hell and driven insane. And there's no more details, but this is the this is literally the story. Yeah, I like how like the, the spirit of vengeance description was 
tenuous at best. Well, that and that's it. He was an angel of justice sent to protect men. How? From what? We don't know. One is Tricked weird. by yeah. something somehow, gone to hell, driven insane, comes out of hell, not an angel of justice, but a spirit of vengeance. There it is. Which seems like kind of the same thing, but I guess just a little bit, just a little more rock and roll. <laughs> Although overall, I'm pretty sure I'd rather have justice in the world than just than vengeance, vengeance just blind vengeance. Yeah, seems slightly more productive. But who, who am I? You well, know? and I would mean, you say that he was seeking justice? <laughs> seeking vengeance. It's vengeful justice. Yo, wait! Seeking justice, vengeance—a love story. Both oh. of those coming up. It all connects. Some somehow, Idris Elba tells him this story and then puts him into a room by himself. And he's like, okay, you're going to be better now. And cage kind of like rides. It seems like he's like coming off of like a hard drug or something. He just kind of like detoxes for a little bit and then he's free of the ghostwriter. But where does the ghostwriter go? Does he go back to hell? Is, is Zardos trapped as a ghostwriter forever? Does he just have to pick a new like a person, new, like Satan, just jump into a new body? How does that work? Because then at the end of the movie, which isn't that far from this point, like he, he gets rid of the ghostwriter and then immediately is like, wait, oh shit, I should have kept the ghostwriter in me because the monks are bad. And yeah, uh, That would have been really helpful. Yeah, right oh now. shit. The one time when I needed to be a ghostwriter and, and the little devil boy gives him his power back which is neat that he can do that. Yeah, where was the ghostwriter in that interim? Was he back in hell going insane? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Well, Just, I thought there was always supposed to be one ghostwriter or at, at least one because Sam Elliott, I always mix him up with Sam Neill. Yeah, Sam Elliott was a ghostwriter at the same point in the first movie, but I thought there had to be one. There has that was to part be of the, one. Part of the rules. Yeah. But then again, the rules kind of go out the window the because rules... wasn't a central part of the, the final fight scene in the first movie was that he couldn't be the ghost rider if he was in direct sunlight. But then in this one, he's just ghost riding it up. And yeah. Oh my God. Sun. That's true. I totally forgot about that's that true. caveat. He's, oh man, that's so weird. Yeah. He's riding in broad daylight. Stupid. And maybe that's because he has the spirit of vengeance in him now. <laughs> or yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just because... Wait, uh, didn't he always have the spirit of vengeance? Yeah, though? Zardos is the spirit of vengeance now. So Zardos <laughs> is the original oh, Ghost Rider. Sean Connery. He's got the he's got the blue flames instead of the red, right? That means he's good. Right. Or no, that's the very last shot. Yeah, but that's not till the last shot. Yeah. So Ghost oh, Rider okay. prequel Zardos, <laughs> starring Sean Connery as the original writer. Yeah. Sean Connery is Sam Elliott. In Zardoz, Angel of Justice. Yeah, yeah, there you go. They mention at another point that the place that the this satanic once in a lifetime must not miss event is happening is in Turkey somewhere, which is apparently the farthest place from heaven. Right. It, yeah, it has a. It's like Ulrich Margabarga or something. Is it's, it? Yeah. Wouldn't that be like the deepest point of Earth would be the farthest from heaven? Oh, yeah, literally. <laughs> like literally? Yeah. Oh, oh, also. No, it's, it's Australia, Mariana. actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> or Antarctica. Like submarine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be That would have so... been a great ending. Satanic ritual inside of like. Trilogy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Or like, uh, or like what? Aquaman one of the... crossover. 
One of those uh, <laughs> deep sea like uh, diving submersibles. Yeah, like you can yeah. ghost. Can, you can ghost ride one of those. The Life Aquatic yeah. with Johnny Blaze. With Johnny Blaze. Um, which brings me to a point that the I after thought Life was Aquatic. like. Aquatic. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. The After Life Aquatic. So stupid. With Johnny Blaze. <laughs> the other cool thing that they did at the end, which was gimmicky, but I was on board with, was when he punched Satan all the way back through the earth. He whips him yeah, into he, hell he with his chain. Him back <laughs> down to hell. <laughs> that, was, that was cool. That was cool. I also, uh, I want to talk about Blackout for a second because I like that his whole thing is just that anything he touches just burns, like kind of smolders. And I like that scene of him trying to eat food and it's all like his sandwich and everything is just like burning in his hand. But then he eats a Twinkie and it's fine. I mean, that's a stupid joke, but like I... It, it worked though. It, it worked. And I just, I like imagining him just going about his day-to-day life. Like, um, must be hard. Here's another point to do with that, which both Erica and I were wondering about watching this, is if everything he touches immediately decays because he has the power of decay, Right. how did he get the kid all the way to where he was supposed to meet the devil? Oh. Did he have some sort of protective gloves or something he had to wear or i mean was he lifting him with a forklift is he like is he like rogue? and also how is he driving a car yeah well the car is not rusting and i mean he can like turn it on and off or right well that yeah, that was the thing about that scene was he was like holding the steering wheel while he was trying to eat yeah it didn't it didn't make any sense but it was a good gag it's a good gag and uh it was kind of cool to watch <laughs> that's my review of Ghost Rider <laughs> 2. It was a good gag and it was kind of cool to watch. Okay, uh, I feel like I I don't have anything else to say about the movie itself proper, but I, uh, I have a couple more uh, anecdotes if you guys are ready. Oh, I'm so ready. So I just want to mention one thing before, before we yes. go anecdotal. The very end of the movie, it felt like they just... They, they got to a point that they were like, okay, that's a conclusion, right? All right, yeah, it's over. It, the end was so abrupt. Yeah, no, I agree. When it cut to the credits, I actually said out loud, that's fucking it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other <laughs> like, thing... Really? <laughs> the other thing this movie doesn't have is uh, the last shot of Nick Cage riding straight into the camera. Oh, yeah. Until it yeah. goes like into his face and through his eye into the credits. Yeah, that was fun. The first one. No, it, it definitely, it did seem like they were like, well, what are we at? About uh, an hour and a half? Yeah, let's call it a movie. <laughs> we got like 89 pages here. That's probably good. Yeah. Did, did you guys want us to write more? <laughs> well, this movie did not perform well as we said uh neville dean taylor can't imagine why has never made a, a movie together again um i kind of feel bad for him honestly i do too i think that they they have i mean there's potential they there. have a yeah. visual signature as like kind of tasteless as it as it is like it's cool but taylor by himself wrote and maybe directed mom and dad starring Nicolas Cage Oh, came out last year and uh, I've heard good things. Very good things. So I know that, I mean, it did, it did seem like they felt like each other were kindred spirits. Like they, they had a thing going. So uh, I'm happy about that. Uh, Cage said about uh, Idris Elba, he considers him a friend and that he's very a, a very manly and macho presence, um, and that he has like 
he is very charismatic sort of superstar presence on set, which um, was just, I don't know. That's, that's nice. He seems, that seems true. Okay. Uh, oh, here's one small anecdote. You, you guys remember the scene where uh, Johnny Blaze wakes up in the hospital and he's like all hung over? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. he tries to flirt with the nurse and then, uh, and she's not having it. And it's, it's just kind of like a weird kind of awkward scene. Um, well, she even tells him, you're weird. And yeah, then walks away. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a good scene. Um, apparently, like, on that day, he was like, Cage was just, like, really trying stuff out. And he, like, he tr- did a bunch of takes where he just, like, went off on her and was, like, yelling. He said, apparently, in one take, he says, if you call the police, I'll whip your ass and break your little arm. Wow. And uh, <laughs> that Neville Dean Taylor were like, uh, this is PG 13 movie. Like you can't, yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. Let's go again. This time less violence in, in all the like press junket things I was watching. Cage talks a lot about this being his first time to actually play ghostwriter himself. And, uh, that he's like, uh, you know, talking about channeling spirits and that it's like a very like powerful thing. And, and he kept mentioning, he's like, and it's bad. It's bad news if you go to uh, a Christmas party and you've been shooting till two a.m. being the ghostwriter and you can't get out of character. Like bad things happen. And I was like, "What is this anecdote that he keeps circling around?" So I, I finally figured it out. Yeah, th- he says, "If you have a Christmas party in Romania and you're shooting until two a.m. and you're invited to go to the Christmas party and, and some schnapps is involved and you're still in character." All hell can break loose, and it did. I'm lucky I'm not in Romanian prison. Oh wow! So what? What? Is there a story? Did you we, find it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that begs an explanation. I ended up finding some TMZ footage of him outside of a nightclub. So this Christmas party was in a nightclub, and he's just yelling at this group of people. And he he, he says, he says, get in the car and walk away. I'll fucking die because of honor. I'll fucking die right now. Don't touch me, you little bitch. See my eyes. Respect them as you respect me. (laughs) 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 And then, and then, and then his people lead him to his car and he says again, I'll fucking die because of honor. (laughs) And and they, and they put him in the car and he, uh, there is a mug shot from it, which is not, so he got booked. I think he I think he did get booked but he didn't go he didn't actually go to jail. And that's all I know about it. The spirit of vengeance was within him. And that's it. That's the story. Well, I have to imagine the studio picked up the uh, attorney's fees and the bail. You know, I I think he can pretty much get away with uh acting like a jackass anytime he wants to, which I would say he earned. Yeah, that's fine. Give it to him. You know, just let people, maybe just let people know that you're channeling a spirit from another realm of which we have no conception. And uh, what did he say? We have no reference point. He's he's projecting an entity from another realm entirely. Just let people know that when you go to the Christmas party and uh, they won't start shit with you. Yeah, no, if you lead with that, it would probably be a, a better way to go. It's, it's, it's just... Kinda- 
it's good etiquette. Call in the next day and be like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I was channeling this entity. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah, it's easier to lead with it than to apologize uh, afterwards. Although it's interesting he was so talkative at the nightclub because the ghost, ghost writer doesn't speak. It always yeah. seems very uh, laconic. Before I saw the video, I was trying to picture what it was. And I just, yeah, I just pictured him like stalking around silently, just freaking people out with his like uh, makeup on and just like, I don't know, <laughs> drink, drinking. I uh, like the idea that he goes to the party in the Baron Samiti makeup. Yeah, I like that too. I would like to point out before we wrap up that uh, they didn't give him the weird hair piece in this one that he had in the oh, first one. Oh, right. Did I you forgot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. His, his hairline is uh, much more natural in this movie. I approve. I think the hair went from a two to a four. Yeah. It's not like notable cage hair, but that's like a good thing in this, in this circumstance. It gave like a bit of more gravitas to Johnny Blaze for some reason. It made him look less like a teenage skater boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. do, like, do you remember the weird spiky bangs he yeah, had in the first no. one that was not doing it, it for me? It was, it was weird. He looked. I'm going to have to go look at pictures of the hair. I'm not remembering. You don't this. remember? Yeah. Do yourself a flavor and check it out. Before we wrap up, Max, do you have anything to add? Just that we noticed that the, uh, the mom of the, to be devil child uses at one point she uses her son as a human shield <laughs> yes uh, yeah i noticed that i noticed when, that when the criminals first catch up or whoever they are they, they outsource satanic group whatever when they show up to to get her and ghost rider shows up for the first time they're all you know drawing down on her and she's holding her son but she basically positions herself behind him yeah, to use him for covers. <laughs> bad, bad move. It's one of those movie movie mom moments where it's like I think Erica started pointing that out as soon as it happened. Oh, and then they drive away with her son, and she just sort of like lifts her hand up and is like Billy or whatever his name. Was. <laughs> what the hell was his name? I don't remember. We'll go with Billy. She's just like Billy. Kind of they roll off, and she makes no effort beyond that. Do you think Erica would have fought a little hard? She would have been a better uh, mother to little baby Satan. I certainly hope so. Let's hope we don't have to find out. But yeah, I, I would hope so. Yeah, let's hope that uh, nobody's coming to take uh, Calvin away and, uh, and you have to use him as a human shield. No, and I'd prefer not to go all the way to Turkey for my next big satanic retreat. Yeah, you know? no. Like, you, you, Isn't that something you can just do in your own backyard? Yeah, I feel like there's got to be a local faction somewhere. Really, any basement will do. And not if you want those numbers, but still, you know. <laughs> it's not about the numbers. Not all the stops. It's about one. The last completely random thing that I'll point out is: you remember when uh, it it's doing the was one of those like voiceover parts with the animation, and it's talking about all the forms that the devil will take, and uh, it shows like Jerry Springer and uh, yeah. some stuff like that. Vlad the Impaler, right? And it's it it explains that the devil needs emissaries to make deals but it doesn't explain why it's just, it sort of says that as if that is an explanation, but it, it just says that. But then it shows two men who are actually Neville Dean Taylor doing the wish you were here thing from the Pink Floyd album. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where they're shaking hands and the one guy's on fire. That's it. That's just a, that's a weird thing that they felt like they should add. And then he says the one thing the devil understands is the power of the deal, the art of the deal. The power of the deal, but uh, the, but I wanted it to be the art of the deal. Yeah, I feel like if this movie, I that yeah, I feel like if this movie came out now instead of Jerry Springer, we'd have Trump. It would have been yeah. Trump, and there would have been like a sad trombone sound. 
but that's another departure from the first movie where now the devil needs emissaries to make deals. And the first one, the devil was just out there. He was in deal with on his own. Absolutely. Yeah. He walks right into a young Johnny Blazes and starts, you know, explaining the terms to him. He's a great deal maker. Okay. So I guess I would rank this higher easily than the first film. I don't know if I'd rank it higher than drive angry. Um, I wouldn't because I, I think drive angry had a couple structural and like technical things going for it yeah. that I enjoyed better. There is a scene where Cage is fucking a woman and uh, like murks a bunch of people yeah. with a gun yeah. while never pulling out like that. But here's my fun. thing is if this were an R rated ghost rider, that it, I feel like that could have been have, a scene. It could have been this, yeah. this movie could have gone there. I mean, same with like season of the, not same with season, season of the witch was a worse movie than this, but like that also was a PG 13 movie that should have been an R movie if it was going to work at all. Right, right. And I guess just my big takeaway is don't make a movie like this. If you're going to make it PG 13, cause you, you can't do it. Eve, I understand that like the target audience is 13 year old boys, but they'll get in anyway. Their parents will take them. It's fine. Just make it a hard R. No, and they'll just buy how, it. how long was this movie? I don't even remember how long it was. I don't know. I remember, I think it was like an hour and a half, but it felt like it was much longer. Yeah, because it was because the story sucked and it it didn't make a lot of sense. What story? Well, yeah, yeah my my brain started to atrophy during this movie, so I'm not really sure. Well, I lost track of a lot of things. The critics agreed with you. the The general consensus was that this was worse than the first one, um, which. I, I vehemently disagree with. The audiences came out. This was a $57 million movie to make, and it made $132 million in gross. So Somehow. It might have been. Really? Yeah. It might have been overseas. All the Romanians came out and saw it a couple times. They're like, <laughs> they're, I know that truck stop. They're like, that's where I do my devil rituals. <laughs> I drink pitchers of water, too. This movie is relatable. <laughs> cool. Uh, what do we have next on the docket, Miles? Stolen. Stolen. Great. I believe uh, other Max, Max Winston. Oh, um, great. He's going to come back for Stolen? He he wanted to. I'll hit him up. Perfect. Let's do it. Cool. Well, Max, thank you so much. Thanks for uh, tagging in again. Oh, anytime you guys want me to rip. All right. I'm happy to be here. It was fun as always. Great. Yes. uh, Rate us on iTunes and stuff. I don't know. Follow us on Instagram. You can email us for some reason if you feel like doing that. Heatseekingpanther at gmail.com. Follow yeah. us on Instagram at heatseekingpanther. See you next time. Waiting, 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 waiting. compels me i i find that kid insufferable although i have seen the part where he dies <laughs> dude spoilers nobody likable well everybody dies it's, that's kind of how the show goes no look i you know what i i also felt like it, no you know it was not no likable people in it and blah 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 blah, blah but like it's worth it anyway you would like it if you actually watched it i think you would have to go get like a couple seasons deep into it, I think.
Yeah, I don't think it's something you can just like saunter into yeah, halfway it, through the last season and be like, oh, <laughs> I understand this. Or even like going into the first season, I was kind of like, I uh, don't know what this, I, I, this all just feels kind of gross and mean, but. Uh, well, it, yeah, I've, I've watched like the first three or four episodes, yeah. I think, in a row. And I don't know, man, it's also, that's one of those things where I get really hesitant when people are like, it's good. It's good. I mean, you got to watch like three or four seasons, but <laughs> but it's good. You'll yeah. like it. And yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I do not have that amount of free time to commit to something I might like. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't have dozens of hours to commit to uh, actually building up a appreciation for a show. I mean, nobody warned me ahead of time that having a kid was going to eat up a lot of my time. Yeah. Yeah. That, that must've been hard when that got sprung on you. <laughs> I know. Imagine my surprise. <laughs> Well, when Calvin's just a couple years older, you can watch Game of Thrones with him. It's true. It'd be good uh, father and son bonding. I've recently got him into Looney Tunes, though, which he really likes. Sure. I mean, the Looney Tunes has a lot of violence. It's got um, some, like... Less rape. Well, less I mean... rape in Looney Tunes. I feel like Bug, Thrones, Bugs but. Bunny is always dressing up as a woman, and Elmer Fudd is coming after him. Like, that's... That's basically like uh, Game of Thrones light. Yeah, and there's also, there's looking back on it sort of with adult eyes, it's it's amazing how much racism I missed in Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not missed like, oh, there's that racism I wanted, but just yeah. like, wow, I never noticed how how bad this was when I was a kid. We'll see. For Game, Game of Thrones is less problematic than Looney Tunes. <laughs> 